0: It's great to be here with you on this Beach Bash Sunday. Uh, I tell you, I don't know if there's going to be a limbo contest. Uh, maybe there will be, I don't know, but I, I, I've never really liked it. I'm not built for limbo, I'm built for like stability and, and that type of thing. And, but it's nice to be able to be able to come out and uh, sort of celebrate in a the, in the nice sunny cold day, uh, The Beach Bash, and, and that be able to get a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, I used to have like a number of Hawaiian shirts, and, and one day I went to my closet and they were all gone. And I'm not sure exactly what happened. I suspect my wife, Krista, might have uh, cleaned my closet. Uh, But it was really cool. About a few months ago, I said, look, I got to get a Hawaiian shirt. We have Beach Bash, and we're sort of doing stuff in the the adult service as well. And so I got to get a Hawaiian shirt. And so this is like protected now. And so it'll be in the closet for years to come, I hope. And so it's just good to be able to do that. It's great to have you here. Uh, We're in this series. uh, We're calling New Beginnings. And in fact, we we wrap up the series next week, but the idea behind New Beginnings, of course, was coming into this new year was the understanding of just people setting goals and, of course, uh, New Year's resolutions. But more importantly, the understanding that in Christ, we have new beginning. In fact, we have new beginnings that that every day is is a new day. Uh, to walk with the Lord and allow Him to do a work in us. And and very much the, the reality is, is that it doesn't really matter what yesterday was, good, bad, or ugly. Today is a new opportunity uh, to walk with God and see what He wants to do through our lives. And so throughout this New Beginning series, we've been looking at really what it means to have uh, growth in our life, spiritual growth. What does it mean to grow in the Lord? And this morning, we're going to look at an area that's very close to the heart of Christ. In fact, it's it's, it's right at the... The purpose of him coming. Uh, That when we look at spiritual growth, many times we focus on things such as Bible study, which, by the way, is very important. We should be in the word of God. Don't leave here and say, hey, our pastor said this morning that's not important. No, it's very important. Prayer is important. It's a dynamic dialogue uh, with the living God. And so there's many of these spiritual disciplines. But the reality is when you think of spiritual growth, which really is is embodied in, in a call to share the message and love of Christ with others and to help others grow in the Lord. This idea of evangelism and discipleship that we're going to look at this morning is so close to the heart of Christ because God so loved the world that he sent his son. And he sent his son with a mission to down the cross for our sins, be resurrected for our salvation. And so the commission he gives to us as his followers is, is recorded in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. The great commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to deserve all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so the heart of God, right, was to come, to offer us salvation, and his heart for his church is for us to share the love and message of Christ with others and help them grow in Christ. And really then, one of the missions that we have, the call, the greatest call we have as believers, is to really make Christ's heart our heart, (laughs) That we say, Lord Jesus, may your heart be our heart, your heart for the things that matter to you, or dare I say, the, the people who matter to you, which is everyone. In fact, you know, whether you're here in this service over in chapel or online, no matter what you've done, no matter what you feel about yourself, God loves you. Jesus came for you. And when we enter into a relationship with Jesus, the essence of the central task of the church. So when we enter into this relationship, all of us as believers have this call to make disciples, to be on mission with Jesus. And so, what does that look like? Well, it, first of all, it looks like us really being attuned to the fact that what He wants to do in us is grow us up in Him, to have spiritual growth occur in our life. And spiritual growth is a continual process of becoming more like Jesus. It's a continual process. You know, if you want to know when you're going to arrive as a believer, we do know it's given to us in Scripture. It's when we see Jesus face to face. So until we see Jesus face to face, there's room for growth. Have you seen that true in your life? I shared with someone earlier today, I say the older I get, the more I know what I don't know, (laughs) right? The more growth I see in my life. And so this the spiritual growth, is this, this continual process where we walk with God, not where we're disappointed. I had a brother in Christ who came up to me and he was talking about an area in his life that he's been wrestling with for some time since he came to Christ. And he said, he said I'm, I'm like 95% there, but would you pray that I find victory over this 5%? And I said, absolutely, but before I pray you have victory over the 5%, can we take a moment and celebrate the 95%? And, I, and he said, he said yeah, that's, that, that seems like it's important. I said, it's very important because the enemy would like you to focus on the 5% and God wants you to focus on the 95% because if he's done 95%, he can do 100% in you, brother. That's the God we serve. But don't be discouraged in the battle. And I said to him, I said, because once you conquer this, guess what? God's going to show you something else to work on. <laughs> it's a continual process, continual process. 2 Peter 3.18, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's spiritual growth, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I love the fact that that Peter points out we're to grow not just in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, but did you catch it The grace? Because there's something really powerful when we catch the fact that God is a God of grace, that God's a God of love, that God's a God that wants us to to partner with him and succeed in life. He's, He's not a cosmic trickster. That anytime in scripture it says not to do something, it's not taking something from us. He doesn't want us to be trapped in something that will rob us of the joy that he has for us. Anytime he asks us to do something, it's not just because he needs people to do things, although he calls us to do things, it's because he knows in the doing of these things that we become more. It's who God is. He's full of grace. And something awesome happens when we embrace the the grace of God. Not only do we understand his grace, we become conduits of his grace. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Maybe I'm the only one in the room, but sometimes I can do some boneheaded things. Maybe I'm it. Maybe I'm the only one. And you know what I'm thankful for is a God who says, Craig, I forgive you. Let's go on. Don't camp there. I've got more for you. And you know, when I understand that, you know what happens? I see someone do something bow-handed, and instead of me sitting back and saying, well, what a loser. Come on now. I can go, you know what? God's offered me grace. I can offer them grace. I want to be a conduit of that. I want to see people the way that God sees people. I want to value people the way that God values people. And that comes from growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In fact, it's at the very heart of what it means to be a disciple. So I've adopted as my definition of a disciple. I've adopted this definition. A disciple is a person who's saved by Jesus, who's following Jesus, who's being changed by Jesus and on mission with Jesus. i us say it again. A disciple is a person who's what? Been saved by Jesus, who's following Jesus, who's been changed by Jesus and is on mission with Jesus. And by the way, there's no difference between a disciple and a believer. If you're a believer, we're to be a growing disciple. If you're a growing disciple, you're a believer. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ, to actually follow. And so we have this commission. (laughs) Go into all the world and make disciples. And there's really two parts of that. The first one is evangelism, to go, go and make disciples. And evangelism simply stated is sharing the love and message of Christ with others. It's no more complicated than that. It's just sharing the love and message of Christ with others. Elton Trueblood, which, by the way, is one of the coolest names I've ever heard. Elton Trueblood, who was an evangelist, wrote this. He said, evangelism is not a professional, it's not, it's not a, um, let me start again. Evangelism is not a professional job for a few trained men, but is instead the unrelenting responsibility of every person who belongs to the company of Jesus. But evangelism is for all of us who claim Christ as as Lord and Savior. And and for me, evangelism is really centered around the fact of me praying the prayer, Lord Jesus, may your heart be my heart, and would you give me eyes and ears so I can see the opportunities all around me? Like, I don't have to make opportunities. I just have to be open when God opens the door for those opportunities for me. The other night, I was with my wife at Von Marr. We were up in the dress area of Von Marr. I was not looking. She was. <laughs> and one of the things that Von Marr does, which is just brilliant, is they have chairs. If you own a store catering to ladies, you want chairs that cater to men. Yeah. And, and so I was sitting in the chair as she was trying on these dresses. She, it was much more enjoyable sitting. And as I was sitting there and she was trying on the dresses, I was started to talk to the lady who was helping her. And as we began this conversation, God steered the conversation to an opportunity to start to talk about his goodness. Now, by the way, I'm not smart enough to craft a conversation. I have friends who are really gifted at it, like they really are. They're gifted at it. Me, God has to make it extremely clear that this is where this conversation is going. Give me eyes to see, ears to hear. But right there in the dress shop of Amor, I got to speak to the goodness of our God, not because I'm some super Christian, but because God is so good that when you pray, "Give me eyes to see and ears to hear," guess what He does? Just that. Just that. Now, by the way, she didn't come to Christ in Van Mar. She could have even left and thought, "Wow, that guy's crazy," which she would be right on that part. But it felt good. Felt good to be used by the Lord. Catch this. Evangelism not only serves the purpose of spreading the love and message of Christ, but also plays a a role in our spiritual growth of the individual believer by fostering a deeper understanding of faith, reliance on God, and a a strengthened personal personal, uh, relationship with Him. I mean, just think about it for a minute. When you're sharing Christ, guess who you want to know about? Christ it, it gets you in the word because I don't know about you but I've been in situations where I've shared the love and message of Christ and if you ask me a question I've went uh-oh I don't know that one and you know what I do I used to be scared of that but I'm not scared of it anymore I say let's look it up let's find it together let's discover that I'm not sure of that one But it makes me want to get to the word. It makes me want to grow. And so there's this amazing thing that people can't grow in Christ until they know Christ. See, I'm I'm, I'm going to share you some profound knowledge this morning. But when we know Christ, part of our growing in Christ comes from us sharing him with others. Think about that. That when I look at individuals who are growing in Christ, I can almost say all of them are people who are sharing Christ with others. Like when I was early in my faith and I thought how can I grow in the Lord? All the people I talked to who were seriously growing in Christ were sharing his love and message with others. I don't think that's a coincidence. What do you think, church? So therefore evangelism is not only the responsibility of every believer, it's a crucial aspect of God's plan for our own spiritual growth. It's a crucial aspect Just as reading God's word and studying and applying to our life and prayer and all the other disciplines, sharing our faith helps us grow in Christ. Helps us grow in Christ. Evangelism. Well, just as evangelism is crucial, so is discipleship. Remember, Matthew 28, 19 says, go and make disciples. Make disciples. Now, what's discipleship? Simple definition of discipleship. Discipleship is nurturing others in their faith journey. Just nurturing others in their faith journey. And that can, that can look in uh, so many different ways, but it's it's caring about other people's spiritual growth. And a key verse we find in Scripture is Second Timothy 2.2. 2 Timothy 2.2. 2 2. 2. What you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust of faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And by the way, that's true for women as well. That that what you've heard as you study scripture, Paul's writing to Timothy, but for us, as we study scripture, what we've heard, what we're learning, we entrust to others who will entrust it to others. And within that one verse is four generations of believers. you got Paul, who's pouring into Timothy, who's pouring into this other crew who's supposed to pour into others. And, And I was reading that one day, and it really jumped out to me that that as much as it's it's an amazing thing when you pour into another individual, there's something powerful when you have spiritual grandchildren. And you know what else is really cool when you have spiritual great grandchildren. <laughs> In other words, so many times we think of discipleship of me just pouring into somebody, but it's not. It's me pouring into somebody so they can be released to pour into somebody so they can be you follow what I'm saying? The only reason we're here in 2024 as believers is because there are those in the past who have taken this seriously. And so it's the time of Christ have poured this into others. I don't know if you've had the opportunity, but I've had the opportunity to sit at the seat of a mentor's mentor. I was there with Bill and Dr. McQuilkin was his mentor. Bill was my mentor, and I loved sitting there. But looking back, I wonder what he thought when his grandchild, right, in Christ is sitting right before him. And you have to understand, by the time I met Bill, he, he was, he's sharp. I mean, he's sharp. He's older than me. He, like, I thought he had everything together. Now, he didn't have everything together, but I thought he did. And so he walked and he excused himself for a minute. I said to Dr. McQuilkin, okay, give me, this, give me the stories. Tell me when he was starting out. Was he always this perfect? And Dr. McQuote could say, well, he's not perfect now, Craig. But he definitely wasn't dead. And he started sharing a bunch of stories. It was so cool to realize I was grafted into this mentoring that was happening. And you know what? When I left, I thought it can't stop here. I got a responsibility. I got a privilege to pour into others. See, discipleship is not just a calling for a select few, it's the sacred responsibility of every Christian to invest in the spiritual growth and journey of others, guiding them toward a deeper relationship with Christ. And and what's amazing is, ultimately, as we're pouring into somebody else, we grow. I mean, if you think sometimes in evangelism, people ask questions we don't know, be in a discipleship relationship, I have a one-on-one discipleship partner right now and some months ago he he sent me a text. So in between our times of meeting it's it's common for him to send texts cuz he's growing like crazy. He's so hungry for God's word. And he sent me a text and he said, "Hey, can you explain the Trinity thing to me next time we meet?" <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. Yeah. And so I said to him, yeah, we can tackle that when we get together. And when we got together, I, I was praying really hard because you know what? When you're pouring to somebody else, you, you really want a lot of Jesus on tap, right? And I said, look, I'll be honest with you. This is what I understand. This is what the scripture sort of shows us. But there's some mystery there. And the miracle was when he said, well, I understand it. I get that. I went, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But God is so good. And, and the more I pour into people, the more I understand I need to grow and the more I want to grow. So isn't that interesting? The more I share my faith with people, sharing the love and message with people, the more I want to know God. And and the more that I help people nurture and and grow in Christ, the more I want to know God. So not only am I fulfilling the Great Commission in the sense of seeing people be changed or lives changed. And by the way, if you want to see God at work, be about the Great Commission. I've never heard... I I honestly think this. Last service I said, I almost can say this. I think I can say this with complete certainty. I've never heard somebody who's actively sharing the love and message of Christ with people and then nurturing, helping other people grow in Christ who ask, where's the Lord in the world? I don't think I've ever heard them say that. Why? Because they see it. They see it. It's an amazing thing to actively put ourselves out there Billy Sunday. So discipleship. Let me backtrack. Discipleship is not just a responsibility of every believer. Just like evangelism is a crucial part of our of God's plan for our own spiritual growth. If you want to grow in Christ, be about these things. Billy Sunday, evangelist. He he wrote this. He said, "Evangelism and discipleship are not two things. They're one thing. Making disciples, like two sides of the same coin, right?" Evangelism, sharing the love and message of Christ with other people, discipleship, nurturing, helping people grow into the things of Christ, and evangelism initiates people into the faith, and and discipleships helps them help them grow. It's it's an amazing it's an amazing thing when we put ourselves out there. And, And I've learned to just be open, just just be open. It's amazing what happens. And, and listen, I'm not somebody who's always looking for opportunities. I say, Lord, just give me open eyes and ears when the opportunities come. That happened, I shared some time ago in the gym. I went to the gym. And you have to understand, when I go to the gym, my whole purpose is to leave. <laughs> like some people get there and they like to talk. It's a social thing for them. My goal is like when I leave, I go, Lord, there's a miracle. I didn't die. This is great. Thank you. And so I put my earbuds in. I don't think I'm unwelcoming, but it's obvious I'm there with a purpose. You follow what I'm saying? But I had a gentleman some time ago, probably a few months ago, Tensor our church, came up to me right there in the gym. And he said, hey, look, I'm going in for the surgery. And he said, uh, you know, would you just pray for me? And he didn't mean pray there, but I asked him, I said, do you mind if we pray right here? And I wasn't even thinking, I was in the gym, I just, he brought this prayer request up. And, and, and what happened to me earlier in the faith was someone would ask me a question like that, like, hey, Craig, would you pray for me? And I'd say, yeah, I'll pray for you, and then I'd walk away. And then I'd see him in church a week later and go, ah, I didn't pray at all. Like, I totally forgot now don't look at me like that. You've done the same thing. And, and, and it's just so easy to do, right? You get into, into life and life happens. But So I started simply saying to people, and I say, can you pray for me? I'd say, do you mind if I pray right now? Because if I pray right now, guess what happens? I've prayed. And then I say, if, if, if throughout the week the Lord brings this to my mind, I'll continue to pray. And so guess what? Just out of instinct, I said, hey, can we pray? And he said, sure. We're praying in the gym. There are people walking by. It didn't hit me until I finished my workout and left. How weird that must have seemed to people. Like not only were you praying, but I'm like a hand on the shoulder prayer guy. You know what I'm saying? So if you ask me to pray for you and you don't want that, just say, dude, don't touch me. But like I just, I just instantly just put my hand on his. shoulder. So there's two guys in the gym and we're not working out. We're like, I'm just like, who? And I'm praying. Well, just the other day I saw him again. He came up and instead of prayer, it was a praise time in the gym. He said, I went through the surgery and everything went well. Thank you for praying with me. Do you remember when you did that? I said, Yeah, I do remember that. As a matter of fact, the reason I remember that is because the only outward prayer I've ever prayed in the gym. All the others were inward prayer. Oh, God, please help me get through this. You know, and that was the first time. We, I said, praise the Lord. You know, and again, I didn't think much out until I left. I thought, I wonder what people were thinking about that. And then I thought, what do I care? And God, could you use that? Here's what I'm saying: don't leave Jesus here. Don't leave Jesus in your time alone with him in the morning. Acknowledge he's with you 24-7 and just let him do what he's going to do. You'll be surprised at how he works in and through you. So I want to share some practical steps for spiritual growth in this area of evangelism and discipleship with you. Just three. Three that tie to what I call the power of one. The power of one. Three things you can do that will totally change the way you see God, the way you understand his heart, the way you see him working. The first is this, each one reach one. I want to encourage us as a church family in 2024 to pick one person we're going to pray and say, Lord, would you give me eyes to see and ears to hear for opportunities to share your love and message with them? Just one person. Now, by the way, if God opens the door for other people, don't say, no, you're not the one I've been praying for, I'm not going to share the love and message of Christ with, but just pick one and just see what God does over the next year. One of the great testimonies of this church is when I got here and realized that under the carpet in this floor, are the names of people, and on the walls, the names of people that people, when they came into this room, the church family at that time wrote that they were saying, these are people we want to see come to know Jesus, know his love and, and prosper in Christ. Now I could prove it by tearing up the carpet. We're not going to do that. It's there. But many a time after I heard that story over the past almost 10 years of being here, I've thought to myself, are there people literally who have come to Christ sitting over their name? Think about that. Think about that. So would you step out in faith and say, let me just pick one person of all the people, one person, Lord, who I'm going to pray daily. Lord, would you open up the opportunity? I mean, for me, that one person who did that for me was Matthew Warsham. If you know my testimony, he was a fifth grade class, I mean, a kindergarten classmate who invited me to a vacation Bible school. And he had one person he decided to reach that year and it was me. He invited me to a vacation Bible school and I came to Christ and it radically changed me and my family. 10 years later, by the way, 10 years later, my mom and dad came to Christ and my brother. A decade later, don't give up. I mean, my kids and my grandkids, they all think they're from a long line of Christians. They are not. We're like four deep. All because of one guy who said, I'm going to pick one and invite him. It leads me to the next one. Each one bring one. Would you just pray? Maybe it's the same person that you plan to reach for Christ, but pray and say, I'm going to invite a person and I'm going to just keep inviting to to come to a worship service with me a connect group to be in a one-on-one discipleship with. I'm just going to pick one for one of these things and just invite them out to be a part of this. You know, there was a survey done that said nearly 80% of people in our country would come to church if they were invited. You know what that makes me want to do? Invite them. It's a low-hanging fruit. And what's the worst they can say? No. And they may say, no, rude. And instead of being rude back, say, hey, do you mind if I ask you another time? (laughs) And ask again. I mean, why not? Jesus continues to reach out to us until we reach out to him. Why would we not do the same if we have his heart to the world around us? Each one, reach one. Each one, bring one. And lastly, each one, serve one. And what would it look like if all of us were serving the Lord in some capacity on a ministry team? There's tons of opportunities here on this campus. But let me tell you, we also have missional partners within our community like the Spot and others where you can serve outside the walls and you can be a part of those ministries. By the way, anywhere you're serving, you're claiming it for Christ. It counts. It counts. But we're all serving and we're all sort of giving ourselves. I think that's what the scripture means when it says, look, if you really want to gain your life, you got to lose it. You got to give it away. And let me tell you something. I've never seen people who are serving with the heart of Jesus who don't get more out of it than they put into it. It's just true. true. Look, I share Christ with somebody. I get a ton out of it. I I sit my one-on-one discipleship partner. I get a ton out of it. I serve, I get a ton out of it. It's just an amazing thing. And this is what I'm reminded of. I'm reminded of to the world, you might just be one person, but to one person, you just might be the world. That was Matthew Warsham for me. I'm sure many of you can give the name of the person for you. And years ago, I came across this, this statement. You've probably heard me say it if you've been here for a while. But I'm only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something I can do. I can't do everything, but I can do something. I can pray that God would help me share the love the message of Christ with that person. I can pray that he gives me the strength and boldness to, to invite him to church, invite him to a connect group. Invite him out to dinner and talk about the Lord. I can serve. I may not be able to do everything, but I can do something. And I think one of the challenges really is that we live in such a scarcity mindset, even as believers, that sometimes we, we fool ourselves into thinking that like, if I give of myself, there won't be enough there for me. And yet the reality of it is the scripture is just quite clear. You can't give God. And the more you give of yourself, the more he fills you. The more he fills you. You want to be filled up? Give yourself. Grasp the heart of Christ. I was thinking about this so that the image to my mind came, it was a candle. A candle. Because a candle is an interesting thing you light it and if you light other candles it doesn't diminish the candle that's lit the other one. Right? In fact, if you've ever been to a candle lighting service by the way in less than 11 months we'll have one here. <laughs> Let me be the first to invite you. Christmas 2024 right around the corner. We've ever been to one, you, you have a candle and it lights another one, it lights another one. All of a sudden the whole room, right, is filled with light, representing the light of Christ just spreading. And it's, the original candle isn't diminished. It's, it's, it's still burning bright. But together now, it's just, it's just spread. And I thought, that's, 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 that's what Jesus wants. For those of us who have found hope in him, to share that hope with others. And by the way, as a side note, church family... The hope of our nation, the hope of our world is not in someone we vote on. Now, by the way, don't get me wrong. If you're a Christian, pray and vote. Do you hear me? Pray and vote, right? It makes a difference. But the hope of the world isn't in anyone we're going to elect to some position. It's in Jesus. What changes people's lives is him. What changes culture is him. It's, it's not just telling people, hey, get it right. It's bringing them to the person who's done the right thing so they can actually be right with God. If you're new here this morning, just know that's the heart of Jesus for you, is that you would come to him and that he would just do a work in you, like it'd make, give you a fullness of life. Jesus didn't die just to make us better people. He died so that we would have salvation in him. And you want to see a difference? Let's let our light spread across this region. At a time, there was an evangelist named Charles Finney. This area was known as the area that was lit on fire for Jesus. I believe it can happen again. It begins with me. It begins with you. It'll impact our homes, our schools, our workplace. It'll impact this whole region if we just trust in him. That's the hope. That's the hope. Paul wrote Ephesians 4.15, Speak the truth in love and grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Speak the truth in love and grow up in the Lord. Be about sharing his love and message. Be about nurturing other people in the faith. Oh, Lord, may your heart, your heart be my heart. Amen, church? May your heart be my heart. Help me reach one. Help me me bring one. Help me serve one. All for your glory. And just wait and see what God does in us and through us. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning. We thank you so much for the opportunity to come and sing songs of praise to you to be able to pray with one another to be able to fellowship with one another to be able to study your word together God the prayer I pray over myself and pray over us is let your heart be our heart help us grow Lord God as we share your love and message with others help us grow Lord as we help each other grow into faith that continual process until you return we see you face to face God, help us share the hope we found in you. Yeah, to the world, we might just be one person, but to one person, we might be the world. Thank you for Matthew Warsham being that person for me. Help us be that person for countless others.
1: If there's anyone here who's
0: yet to receive you as Lord and Savior, I pray, Lord God, that they would understand a new beginning they could have in you. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter any of those things. It it matters what you've done, that you've died for our sins, resurrected for our salvation, and we can say yes to you right now. We can walk with you at this very moment, whether in this room, the chapel, online. It doesn't matter where we are. You're always there. You're always present. And, Lord, I thank you for that, that when you sent us out on this commission, you made it very clear, and I'm with you to the very end. I'm with you. Your spirit resides in us. So, even now in the quietness of this space, would you bring to mind that person you want us to reach for you? And understanding that we can't save them, we're we're not the savior you are. We're just a fellow journey person just sharing the good news, the hope. So, have your way in this time, the remaining time we have together. Move us as only you can. And we give you the praise and the glory for what you've done what you're doing, and what you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen.